Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. This is probably my favorite Buffy episode of the whole series. And Jay Newcastle. I mean, seriously. Okay, I got real problems. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 6, Family, written by Joss Whedon. Buffy tells Giles the truth about Dawn, and they agree to keep this secret from everyone else. Buffy moves out of her dorm room because of her mother and Dawn, and the gang helps her to pack. As Tara leaves the room, Willow reminds her friends about Tara's upcoming birthday and the party at the Bronze. In the hospital locker room, Aliak attempts to attack Ben, but Glory grabs him in need of a favor. Buffy and Xander research Glory while talking about how little they know about Tara. In a crypt, Buffy and Spike fight viciously with each other, and then Spike wakes from his daydream to find himself in bed with Harmony. Ew. Tara arrives at the magic shop, shocked to see that her father, brother Donnie, and cousin Beth have all come to visit her for Tara's 20th birthday. Amy Adams! Tara's father expresses his distaste for her witchcraft and informs her that she is going home with her family. Glory tells the Liach demon she captured that she needs him and his friends to destroy the Slayer. At the magic shop, Tara casts a spell on the Scooby gang. Harmony tells Spike about the plans for the Liach demon, and he goes to watch. Tara and Beth talk about Tara not going home with them, and Beth realizes that Tara did a spell on her friends to keep her from seeing the demon side of her. In the magic shop, the Liach demon appears, but because Tara's spell, nobody in the gang can actually see the demons. The Scooby gang takes quite a beating from the demons that they can't see. Spike shows up, and when he realizes that Buffy is about to get killed, he ends up saving her and helping with the demons. Tara arrives in time to break the spell and allow Buffy to kill the rest of the demons. Tara's father explains that the women in their family are part demon and they need to be controlled. When Tara expresses that she doesn't want to leave, all of her friends stand in the way. Spike punches Tara and experiences deep pain, showing that she is not a demon. He concludes that her family only makes the females think that they're demons so that they can be controlled and kept as obedient women. The gang parties at the bronze for Tara's birthday, showering her with gifts like a crystal ball and a broomstick. Tara and Willow... <laughs> a broomstick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tara, <laughs> Willow and Tara show a slow dance as they float off the ground, dancing in the air. And that is the plot summary for Season 5, Episode 6, Family. So, Jay, here we go. Uh, the theme of family is back. And this time, we're focusing a little bit on who is Tara? What is her background? We don't really know a whole lot about her. This episode, we get a little glimpse into what her family life is like and uh, the reasons why she maybe is the way she is, quiet and reserved. Exactly. And the thing I sort of hinted to in last episode's review, Brian, the relationship this season is not going to be Buffy with somebody else. The relationship of focus is going to be Tara and Willow. And that's an interesting choice uh, in so many ways, particularly for when this show came out. Uh, not even to think about what it you know is today, but they they really are shifting focus. But like I said, the big theme here is family, and 
you know, again, we, we've dealt with this issue before, this idea of like blended families, the magic inside of a normal family. What would somebody, could they react to it? How would they react to it? Would they know what to do with it? And how do you find acceptance? And really, who is your family? And I think what the show is saying here is that family are the people that love you and care for you no matter what your flaws are or where you came from. And they'll stand up for you when all seems lost and things like that. And they'll forgive you when you do really stupid things like betray them, you know? Yes, <laughs> and yes. that's a bold thing for Tara because we've never seen Tara do things well, and overtly and, subversive before like this. And that, yeah. that's a neat layer to add on to Amber Benson here. It is. And, and up until this point, Tara has always felt kind of like an outcast in the group and she wants to be accepted by the group. And until now she really hasn't been, uh, looked at as part of the group. So this is the part where she actually becomes a member of the Scooby gang proper. And so it's kind of a cool transition to, to get to here. And it's good. You know, they, they do want to focus on the Willow Terra thing. And like you said, back when this was actually done, that was a bold thing to do. You, you, you know, gay, gayness on TV wasn't really accepted as well as it is today back then. And this was kind of one of those shows that dared to take on the topic and well if it was done at all it was always played for comedy mm -hmm. you know will and grace things like that yeah, yeah. you know it it had never been played for any kind of drama on you know network television as it were and yeah. or cable television like this and so this was this was bold and they had already pushed this boundary a little bit anyway with you know that we've already seen these two you know together and that started last season but the fact that they're going to make this the central piece of the show or the central relationship in the show to uh, of romance or ro romantic significance is really interesting and like you say it's very bold and mm -hmm. I, i'll say this um you know, politics aside and what you think and all that kind of stuff, I, I was always credited this show for it. Clearly, they have an, you know, an agenda and a point that they're trying to make and all this stuff. But I've always felt like the, the Buffy show handled this very, very well. It's very fair. There's, you know, and people that are portrayed as, uh, I, what am I trying to say? It, there's no, um, it doesn't feel like they're beating you over the head with it as much as it's just very much portrayed as the, as normal as anything else. Yeah. You know, which I think is their point is what they're trying to go for. And, yeah. uh, and it, and really, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this episode talking about that. Cause I don't think it's the, the whole crux of the thing. We could get caught in that, but it, it's, it's something we need to address. And it's a layer in the show. That's very interesting. And it's, it's also another thing. And I, I wanted to ask you this and we can kind of jump to it. You know, where Tara's dad's talking about, this is when the demon manifests or whatever. I mean, you can read that a number of ways. Either that's when the witchcraft comes out of, you know, the women in the family or there's like some, you know, uh, unrequited, I don't know, lesbian tendencies of the women in that family <laughs> that well, he is very much trying to keep under wraps. I don't know. I mean, they can read a I lot of different think, ways, but I really I, don't. You know. I don't. I really don't think that her, her, her dad even knows that part of her, honestly. Good point. I, I don't think that that's it at all. I, I think it's uh, I think it's more of a, a kick on. Um, I hate to say it, the religious right. <laughs> yeah, it's a kick at them for basically if someone's different from the family, they try to rein them in. 
right? They try to say, hey, you can't do this and only we can fix you with the, with the help of the Lord, right? That's what I was getting off of him was that he's this super religious guy and the fact that his family has witchcraft as part of it or they, they claim that, that, uh, you know, demons and, and whatever plays into their family is a way for them to, uh, fear God type thing, right? Yeah, that's it's the, that's the way I I took it as. It's very like I want to say borderline kind of Westboro Baptist sort of way. The way this yeah. guy comes off, and I don't, I, I mean, I don't even know that they were in the public consciousness at that point, no, and that and that they should even be now. But that's how it plays. Is that he's so like so far off base that even like the religious right would be like that guy's a little extreme like he's extreme you know and that's and i think spike's the one that gets the best line you know for everything spike does in this episode which i absolutely hate he gets the best line at the end of it and about yeah you you know Mm -hmm. you you, you dream of this stuff about the women you know and they'd keep them in line works pretty well doesn't it you know and i think that's exactly what it's about it's this and look the theme of this show right is as we've talked about before has been women power, girl power, all this stuff. The women and the women have power. And to a man like Tara's dad, Mr. McClay, that, you know, strikes at everything that are, that is his greatest fear, you know? And so he's done everything he can to beat his daughter down mentally and emotionally to where she is this very demure, soft-spoken, very mm-hmm. fraidy cat. When in reality, we know Tara is a badass and, right. and really can be <laughs> and, 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 and doesn't that, know it yet. You see that when her, her family shows up, what does she immediately start doing? She starts stuttering again. You know, she's kind she's always been a stutterer when she's nervous. And, but when she's not nervous, she seems to be really good. Now he shows up and what does she immediately go back to? She starts stuttering on her words and tripping over herself and really being coy and shy again. And, and yeah, it plays off the whole um, patriarchal society of uh, the men are the power and the women obey, right? That That is the, the society that she comes from. And right. she's breaking out of that in her college days. And so he, when he comes back, you know, she almost falls back in line with it. Really? Okay. I mean, she almost does. And she's ready to go. And I think she's ready to go because... She feels that her friends can't accept her if she is a demon, and uh, number one. And number two, uh, because she's betrayed them and she doesn't feel like they'd ever forgive her again. Right, and she portrays them with magic. Now, I want everybody that's maybe watching the show and doesn't remember where it goes, or if you're watching it the first time coming through, I want you to just earmark this moment. All right, mm-hmm. because this is we're gonna we're gonna talk about this again in about mm, eighteen episodes. All right, or maybe twenty. It just just hold on to this. What she does is cast a spell so that people will not see the demon in her. And really what it does is it precludes them from being able to see any demons um, around them, um, yeah. which begs the question, how do they see Spike? But that's another they issue. Oh, th- if you don't remember, yep. Spike is on the ground with a chokehold on one of them and Buffy just runs past him and he says, you're welcome. And she didn't see. I didn't pick up on that. I've never noticed that interesting point. Well, I stand corrected then. So, okay. Because my other thing was, what about Anya? But then I forgot. Oh, Anya's an ex-demon. Never mind. Correct. So, okay. Good point. Good point. So, the the point is, is that she cast this spell that seemingly is in the best interest. I just don't want you guys to see the worst of me. But what it ultimately does is it, it, it keeps people from something that they need to know that could save their own life in this case. 
exactly. And what I thought was really fascinating, you mentioned Anya. They could see Anya because she's human now, but she still has some demon in her because she could see the demons. She's the only one in the right. shot that actually could see the demons, which was very, very fascinating. But that also p- portrays the fact that she wasn't there when the spell was cast. So maybe that has to do with it as well. Good point. Everybody had to be in the room. Yeah, that's that's another another good point. But I like this idea, though, that, that Tara is doing everything she can to sort of keep the facade over the life she's built away from her biological family mm-hmm. because she doesn't want them to tear it away. You know, right. and um, you know, I called it that there in the plot summary. Whatever, Amy Adams as cousin Beth comes in. You know, this this is one of the this is when this show starts to do this. You'll notice this, folks. Season five, season four, really through like season six. The, like, there's all these people that pop up on this show that you now see in movies and television that are like mm-hmm. big stars. There are several of them that come through, and Amy Adams is just one of them here. And it, it's neat to see her come in. But you know, she's such a she, those lives are so different for Tara. And she's doing everything she can to try to keep both up. And, of course, as you know, that is impossible to do. You have yeah. to choose either who you are or let other people control you. And what what she comes to realize, and I think this is what the, the beauty of the show is, and, and you know, Joss Whedon does a fantastic job to step across the aisle from Angel to, to write and direct this one, is that she, she it needs to make a choice, but she falsely judges how everybody in this group that she doesn't feel a part of is going to react to her. And everyone, you know, Willow has always called her a part of the group because of course she's going to, that's her girlfriend. She's, you know, she's going to do that. But, you know, Buffy and Giles and Xander and everybody else sticking up for, and even Spike, who the heck is he, you know, mm-hmm. is sticking up for that is like acceptance on a whole new level for Tara. And that is such a neat and powerful statement for them to make. And it also lets you know that this is going to be the group that has to do battle with glory. Now we've got everybody in the fold because we didn't have a role for Tara before. And at this point, we didn't have a role for Spike either. And now we kind of do for both. And it, it works to get both of them back in the circle a little bit. Yeah, I agree. It does work to get them both back in. And they, they do a good job here. Uh you know, the the whole spike thing with him dreaming about fighting Buffy and then making out and then waking up and oh he, he wasn't just making out with Buffy oh, <laughs> well and he wakes up and he's having sex with with uh, Harmony and yeah that was a little bit too much but I do like the fact that he's <laughs> when he gets there and he's enjoying the fight between the demon and Buffy and he's really enjoying and then when he notices that the, the demon's getting the upper hand he he gives this look like oh crap and he goes to help like he's compelled <laughs> to help I, and I like that if you're gonna have him around and be part of this whole thing okay let him help you fight a little bit I like the- when Spike fights I, I don't I, like when Spike does everything else. Okay, I'm with you there. I like when he fights, I, and I like sometimes when he quips. I don't like anything else he does. Particularly, I don't like the, like the reason he's compelled to fight. If I thought he was compelled because I can't let this go down, that there's some good in him, you know, a bit. The only reason he fights is because he doesn't want his obsession to be harmed. You know, mm. he loves Buffy, well, and he hates her at the same time, but only he can hate her enough to kill her. Nobody else can. And I'm I, that just, uh, it's just, it's so fatal attraction. I, I'm, I'm not sure I get that vibe at all. Actually, I think it's just that he, he's trying to tell himself he doesn't have feelings for Buffy, but he does, and he realizes that when she's in trouble, and so he 
he's upset with himself that he has to protect her because he does have those feelings for her. That's the I, vibe I get. Well, I, I don't even know that I, my readings, I don't think he knows what he feels about her. It's just like I say, he knows that he doesn't want anybody to take her away from him while he's trying to figure out what he does feel about her. That's my whole thing. Because all he does is stalk her, you know, and antagonize her until something needs to be done. And then he does serve a useful purpose. Because let's face it, Spike is still good in a fight, particularly against other demons. So he can be useful. So, and, you know, hey, they're they're not going to let us ever forget about that dang chip. You know, so they're going to keep exactly. doing that. So exactly. it, yeah, okay, that season actually happened. Thank you. So, you know, but you know, oh, yes. at least it, at least it had a point. Like it, that, that was one way to prove it. You know, it was like, well, okay, you guys want some proof? You know, and he socks her. You know, and it, mm-hmm. it gives him that electro shock, and they're all kind of, well, I guess that proves it, Tara. You know, you're not demon. Right. So, which is yeah. a, a neat way to do it. Let's talk for a minute about the, just Amber Benson and Tara for a mm-hmm. minute here. Mm-hmm. I think we've we've showered much love on her acting up to this point. We both like her a lot and like her portrayal and stuff. But I want to tell you, knowing that she is from the South, she's from Birmingham, Alabama, and that she has to play this role of this sort of oppressed woman who, once she gets away from that situation, can be something different. But when she's thrown back in, it has to deal with that. I I think it only I think only a Southern woman can really appreciate what Tara is supposed to be going through here. And I I only know that because I'm a Southerner and I've seen it you know firsthand. But I, I've always sort of appreciated that little layer to her performance here is that there's it's somewhere in her genes. This is very real for her. You know, this whole family dynamic thing. And I, the thing about Tara is that she can be, or Amber Benson, is she can play that sort of stuttering, coy, nervous tick girl. But then when she's doing that spell and she's got that look on her face, or if she's at the end with uh, Willow and she's dancing and she's got that look on her face, that self-assured, confident thing, it you buy it because mm-hmm. it's all in her eyes, man. It's I don't, something about that woman's eyes she just does things with them that totally belay her entire performance. It's it's fantastic to watch. It's one of the best singular performances I've ever seen on the show in just a standalone episode by one actor. I, I want to, you know, we, we talk about Tara and her family, and that's a big part of the show, but we also need to talk about Buffy and her, her family. You know, she's found out as of last episode what Dawn really is. Um, and she has accepted that she needs to num- not only protect her, but now that she's going to be there as her sister, uh, you know, uh, for, for the rest of her life, pretty much. But, uh, uh, you know, she's become very, very overprotective of Dawn in this episode. And there's some really great dialogue that happens during this whole scene where she's at home and, and uh, Dawn's trying to go over to a friend's house for supper and Buffy won't let her do it. And Riley is, is seeing this whole thing and he can tell something's wrong. And I love the dialogue here. If we remember back just a couple of episodes when when we had the two Xanders, and at the end of that episode, as they're packing up Xander from his house to go move into his new place, Riley lays on the line that he knows that that you know Buffy has feelings for him, but he also knows that she doesn't love him. And that was a big deal. And now we see that what that's doing to Riley. You know, we got it a little bit uh in the the episode where his heart's going all bonkers and we get it now and basically he's trying to reach out to Buffy to say you know I'm here tell me what's going on and she doesn't do it and he lays a couple lines on her that I think are great the first line is that 
he under his breath says, every time I think I'm getting closer to you and then stops and walks off. Like he's trying to reach out. She's pushing him back. And every time he thinks that he's reaching her, he gets pushed even further. And I think that's a profound statement right there. But the best one is when he basically says right to Buffy, uh, he, he says, you, you know, you, you know, you've got a lot on your mind. If you decide to let me in on it, let me know and I'll come running. Very, very important statement right there from Riley to Buffy. I want to be there for you. I want to be there to understand. I want to help you through this, but you've got to let me do it. A great, great exchange of dialogue right there. It really is. And I think Riley's finally calling out what all of us are, have been wanting him to say is that Buffy, you have to, you, you can tell me you want me to be involved and all this kind of stuff, but you, you have to trust me. Mm. You're going to have to, let me be a part of your life if you want me to be a part of your life. And what he's getting in return from her is that, well, I, you know, I, of course, of course I want you to be a part of it, but she can't, she can't let him be a part of it. She protect, she wants to protect him so much, but mm-hmm. she does care about him. But on the other hand, she knows he's not an equal. She doesn't seem as such. And you know, that, that bugs him and he wants to be there with her, but he won't be, I don't know that he he doesn't want to play second fiddle to her, but I think Riley feels like he's, oh, yeah, let me call Riley well, at the last minute. Like, he's sort of an afterthought to very, to a lot of her life now since the death of the initiative. Yeah, I think that what Riley is going through is that he is madly in love with Buffy, right? And he wants to advance this relationship beyond where it's at. He understands the dynamics of the relationship. He understands... Uh, that, you know, there's danger in the relationship. But with his heart, he's in love with this girl. But he notices that she's not in the same spot. And he's trying and trying and trying to get to the point where she's there. And it just isn't happening. And now he's realizing this. And I think that this is, this is, you know, the, the beginning of the end of their relationship is him realizing that even though Buffy doesn't see it, it's there and it's just looming and he's holding on f- with everything he's got because he, he cares about her so much. And you, well, see, you got to think too. remember what Buffy has all, you know, what Buffy lives for is to feel normal, to feel like a normal girl. Right. And then mm. she, she accomplishes that through different mediums. Sometimes it's her family, but no, that's no longer a place where she can do that because now her family has been infused by this magic you know, thing, right? And so there's that, that can't happen. And so now it's Riley and he just needs to be a normal guy. I just want a normal guy. He's a normal, he's a good guy. You know, just need you to be normal guy, but he can't be that because he knows everything that he knows. He knows the demon world. He's fought against it. He knows what he can be as an ally in it. And he wants to be there and he knows she can't accept him on that level because she's always worried about trying to protect him or trying to keep him in the normal space that she needs. And that's not acceptable to him. And I think you called that right. I mean, this is the beginning of the end of their relationship. And I think it started back when he admitted that to Xander Mm -hmm. is that, you know, I, I know Buffy cares about me, but she doesn't love me. And that means that was just a real killer on the end. And he's starting to come around to what that means now is that I need to go because being here is not good for me or her. And that's a sad thing to see, but it's, 
it's it's what needs to happen here too. I can't argue with the move either, Brian. I mm-hmm. there's nothing else for Riley to do. Well, you know? I, I think there's stuff that they could have done with him, but I agree that if the goal is now to set up this whole um, Buffy Spike garbage, they've got to find a way to remove Riley from the situation. And I think they're doing it magically. I think they're doing it really well. Um, you know, Buffy's preoccupied, and this is this is what it is to be in a relationship with her. She has higher priorities, and he wants to be part of it. He wants to, you know, be there for her, but that's not in the cards. And she can't give herself up to someone like she did Angel because last time it did, she did that, something bad happened. And I think that's always in the back of her mind. Yeah. So And and let let's call it out too, the the wolf out of the bag there. She doesn't love Riley the way she loves Angel. She'll never love anybody the way she loved Angel. Right. That was that was transcendental and different you know for her that's just that's the thing and i'm saying that now and forever that for me is always the the pinnacle relationship for both of those people mm-hmm. is that they were the true love of each other's life and being together would have destroyed both of them and the world <laughs> and that's what makes it tragic <laughs> but right. it's also what makes it so perfect because that's what it should be for a slayer she can't have that and that's the last thing buffy's ever going to let go of but it's you know she can't have that but the only the angel was was that for her, and for them to try to force that in with somebody else, it's just never going to be the same. And I don't think they've ever played it as such. I mean, they had a lot of fun playing that when when Angel showed up last time, and he and Riley got into like this series of mm-hmm. you know right, little right. bickering fights. That was cute, <laughs> you know. I, I liked that, and I don't expect her to to love him the way she she loved Angel. But uh, what she's doing to him now is she's not even really respecting him. And she doesn't realize she's doing it. That's the thing. Right? No, she doesn't. Yeah. And I, that's just it's. She's and so but you know, right? You, you never do, though. That's the whole point. Is that yes. when you're in a relationship with somebody and you're, for lack of a better word, using them, and you don't realize you're doing it, you're not doing it to hurt them. Like Willow, you know, Tara is not throwing this magic around to hurt these people. She's right. trying to protect them. You know, this is two good things happening in the same episode here. People are doing things to each other, to people that they love, out of love and respect for them because they think that's what's good for them when in reality the truth is always the best thing and as it works out in both cases that that'll be the best answer for both the truth needs to come out and it's coming you can see it coming it's boiling pretty heavy now for riley and buffy you just waiting for it to you know the buzzer to go off yep and there's a pinnacle moment in the episode where riley is seen at willie's place drinking with the demons and vampires and that will come to play in a couple episodes i do believe and it's not something that i like particularly but we'll talk about that when that gets there but just keep that nugget in mind that this is where he goes to drown his sorrows over buffy and uh but anyway we bring it back to the end of the the, the episode here where they're all in the magic shop and uh it's revealed that Tara has put a spell on that almost got all the gang killed by these demons. And, you know, obviously everyone's pretty ticked off. Dad shows up with the brother and, and cousin, and they basically tell Tara it's time to go. Spike exposes the whole myth of the family, and Tara's ready to leave because of everything. But I think the profound thing is, you know, Buffy's pissed and, and rightly so. She could have gotten killed because of the actions of this person. But the interaction between Willow and Tara at the end of this episode is, is so 
moving and touching that Buffy sees that Willow really, really loves this girl and has these deep feelings. And because of that, because Willow feels that way, Buffy feels that way. And that's why she stands there and says they're family. You know, I think uh, had that relationship not been as strong as it is, I think Buffy would have let her go. But she sees that Willow needs her and Willow cares deeply for the, for Tara. And because of their best friends, now so does Buffy. And I think that was just so touching. And it, I mean, literally, that's, uh, yeah, that's no, a great no, ending. No, you're, you're right. It's, it's perfect. And it echoes something else that nobody else would eat, would stand by Buffy when it came to Angel except for Willow at times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even and even at times Willow was uh, again I mean Willow was the one with the whole intervention like I don't think you think clearly when it comes to Angel sometimes but she's always had Buffy's side when it came to Angel. And mm-hmm. to me this and as a longtime fan of the series and having watched all of it this is Buffy paying that back. In a lot of ways. And paying it forward, too. It's like, this is what family does for each other. It's what best friends do. You know, I don't agree with what Tara did, and I'm going to be really pissed at her for nearly getting me killed, but she's not the first person that nearly got me killed in this room. <laughs> you know, that's, exactly. that's, that's everybody else. So, so and, and, you know. And it's good, you know. Yeah. It, you, 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 once Buffy does that, you see that Giles and Xander all come in line as well, you know, They've now fully accepted Tara in as a member of their their gang, their group. She is a full-fledged part of that gang, and they're going to stand up for her like they would their brothers and sisters, you know? And it's fantastic. And, but, of course, Spike gets a great line in there. He says, I don't care what you do with her. I, you know, don't worry about me. You can take her, uh, which is you know good for his character. But uh, overall, just a powerful, powerful ending. And to see them you know, walk out and, and tar, uh, Tara with a nice smile on her face. Uh, you know, Beth asks her if she is happy. And of course, she big smile comes on her face. I thought it was just a fantastic way to end this episode. And, and yeah. So anyway, Jay, we're at the point of the podcast where we give our dustings rating for this. So what is your dustings rating and final thoughts for season five, episode six family? Four dustings, my friends. Fantastic episode. It's one of those off the beaten path. You know, this isn't really about glory or any of that other, you know, the main arc stuff. And we've talked about this before. When they get off main arc and they usually, and they don't focus on Buffy, these things usually go really bad. But this is one of the times, again, where it works. And I think it's because they picked the right character to expand a little bit here and it's Tara and I think the performances are fantastic the dialogue's great the ending's great I I like everything about this one it's really fun and uh, I don't even know if it's fun it's just really poignant and I think it's one of those sweet touching moments of this show it's one of those things that you know having seen it as many times as I've seen it and it's gosh it's a dozen years old now it still brings a tear to your eye when you when you watch it if you let yourself go with it so four dustings for me yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Jay. This is a Four Dustings episode, and not so much that it's an off-the-beaten-path episode, because they do have Glory tied into it a little bit with the sending the demons being there, but it was more focused on the, the character development for Tara, as well as bringing a start to some closure between Riley and Buffy. And those are important things as we move forward with this season. So, uh, for me, a very, very strong episode. It tells us flat out, 
you know, Tara's going to be here for a while. She's an important part of this team. Her and Willow's relationship is not going anywhere. Uh, it's only going to get better. And to watch what happens with Buffy and uh, Riley. I mean, that those are the big things that come out of this episode, and they're huge. And so because of that, it's not one of those, you know, off the beaten path where you got freaking sea monsters on your <laughs> swim team, you know. It, it's nothing like that. We actually get some seriously good character development in this episode, which is it makes it such a powerful off the beaten path episode. And so definitely a four dustings for me as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's two in a row, four dustings. Can they keep it up, Brian? I don't know. We'll have to see. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of The Art of Slaying, our Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. You can also find links to our social media pages. You can find links to our film podcast, Filmstrip, where you can peruse through the archives of some of the movies we reviewed. Tons of content for you. You can find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We really appreciate that. And most of all, we appreciate your listenership and support. So until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Slaying. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 